Well, good to see you guys again. Let, let me invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 6 as we begin this series called Pray First. There's a country music song uh, by Jason DeFord, otherwise known as, nobody knows it, Jelly Roll. Uh, yeah, interesting name, his choice, I guess, but he sings a song that's pretty popular today called Need a Favor. And the lyrics of the song he, he sings goes like this. He says, I'm not going to sing it, but I'll just read it. Um, he says, I only talk to God when I need a favor. And I only pray when I ain't got a prayer. So who am I to expect a savior if I only talk to God when I need a favor? <laughs> Pretty clever song. Actually, a, a good song. Got some questionable um, lyrics in there. But um, the, the thing about the song that hit me as I was listening to that over the last, I don't know, couple of months, is that a lot of people view prayer exactly as he sings in his song. I think even Christians, when it comes to our prayer life, actually think in terms of, well, I've tried everything that I can try. I've exhausted all of my means. I, I've, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I haven't been able to make it or to get it done, and so I guess I'll pray about it. And so it's, it's almost as if we come to God and we view prayer as our last resort. And so there are several things, I think, with this mentality, but the first thing I, 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 that comes to my mind when I hear a song like that is we always need a favor from God. <laughs> Every second of your life, you need a favor from God. You need the sun to come up in the morning to exist. Only God can do that. You need your heart to beat exactly as God created it to beat. And every second that it beats is a gift from him. The, the air that we breathe is a, is a favor and gift from God, right? Everything about our existence is, is held in God's hand. And so the favor that you think you need from God today is one of 10 billion trillion, I don't even know how, you know how many we could even quantify favors we need from God. We need him for our very existence. And so whether your prayer life is zero, absent, not happening, uh, maybe you've prayed a little bit or maybe you pray a lot, my hope for this series is that your prayer life would go to the next level. And, and I think this series, I felt like was important to do in this season because this season of life um, always just seems to be really busy. People returning to school, kids going to college, teachers going back to school, everything kind of from vacation-wise in our culture tends to be over. And, and so things are ramp up, right? And, and my guess is that your life is pretty stressful. My guess is there's a lot going on in your life, and, and, and I know that there's a lot going on in the world right now, and as a result of all of that, we, we all are, are stressed in our own way, and uh, we deal with anxiety, we are worried about various things, and, and so I think one of the things that we do when we are worried and really busy is we think, I just need to you know, get rid of some things that, that are in my life and simplify things. And, and so we always think if I could just get my kids out of 
the house, things would be better. Or if my kids would just make better grades, then I wouldn't be as stressed. Or if I made more money at work, then I wouldn't have to be worried and stressed about money. And, and we're always thinking in terms of if I could get this off of my plate, then I wouldn't be worried or then I wouldn't be as busy. But my, my thing and my suggestion for you in this series is that it's not what needs to get off of your plate that needs to be changed, but it's your response to the things in life that are stressing you out that need to change. And so my response to all of these things that are in my life, your response to all of the things happening in your life need to be readjusted and reprioritized. And so my point for today is how can we prioritize prayer in our life and how can you and I make prayer your first response and not your last resort? So in the face of every anxiety and, and, and worry that you have, instead of trying to control the situation, you prayed first. You know, instead of trying to you know, worry and, and, and think of all the ways that things are gonna be bad, instead of allowing your mind and your train of thought to go in that direction, your response to that stress was prayer. And so our mentality and our view is that we, we've gotta pray first, make it a priority. And, and when we make prayer a, our, our first response and not our last resort, I think your anxiety and your stress decrease your relationship with God increases. And so in this series, for the next few weeks, here's what we have to help our relationship with God go to the next level through prayer. The first thing that we've done is we're gonna be preaching about it and talking about it. Second thing is, our team has created a 21-day devotion. And so I wanna call our entire church, if you call Foothills Church your church, that you would join me and all of us in 21 days of prayer, meaning every single day this week, You'll use our prayer guide and the devotion, which you can find on our app. It's on our website. You can download it. Uh, no matter what you're using extra in your personal devotion time, I wanna encourage you to use this in that all of us will be praying on the similar things, that all of us would be thinking a similar thing, which will help our small groups as they begin, which will help conversations in your family. And as a church, really unifying around this theme for the next 21 days. I know we've done this in the past and some of you just don't do it. You just think, okay, cool, I'm glad our church does that and then you go about your day. But I'm, I'm asking you, join us for 21 days that you would create this habit and we'll talk about how to do that um, on Sunday mornings over the next few weeks to in, in, encourage you to, to practice this. And the other thing that our team has created is a, is a three-song uh, EP. It's really six songs. The first three are like uh, lyrics and words to the music, and then the other three songs are just instrumental. And so if you haven't downloaded that, download that. Our hope in this series was that these, these would be songs that would kind of be the background behind your prayer time and devotion time, and I think it will really unify and bless our church as we do this uh, together. I've been a pastor for 24 years, and so I've learned over the years that Christians in general think that we should pray. So I know everybody in the room and everybody in Knoxville today, I'm glad you guys are here. I, everybody would say, yes, we, we should pray. Everybody's on the same page, most likely with that. Uh, but then the other side is that we wanna pray. 
So I know everybody in the room is like, yeah, this is a good idea. Nobody would say this is a bad idea, I don't think. But the the final thing is where we all get messed up. And the final thing is like, we we don't really understand how to do it. And so I want to get super practical today and help you in your prayer life. And so let's start with the definition of prayer. And prayer is simply this. Prayer is talking and listening to God. That's it. Prayer is talking and listening to God. And so we talk a little bit, but then there's also some silence as we listen. And there's also some reading of scripture because this is God talking to us. And it's that simple, right? Prayer is talking and listening to God. We shouldn't be intimidated about our prayer life. You you don't have to be embarrassed about not knowing what to say or saying something weird or whatever. Uh, Prayer is not something that just happens on Sunday, right? It's not something that just happens in your small group. It's, it's like this idea that some people think, well, we only sing worship music on Sunday. Well, I hope that's not the only time you listen to worship music. You can, you can listen to the godly worship music every day. In fact, if that's the soundtrack of your life, I think, and if you're not doing that, I think that would be a huge shift and adjustment in your mentality towards life. If you transform from all the pop culture stuff that you're listening to that's downloading a bunch of negative feelings into your mind and listen to godly worship, I think that in and of itself would transform your, your heart and your attitude and your, your, your relationship with the Lord. Prayer isn't something that is this um, prayer that you have to memorize, right? We're going to talk about the the Lord's Prayer next week. And, and, and Jesus says it's a guide. It's, a, it's an outline for how to pray, pray. It's not like something that we have to memorize and recite back to him. And some of you grew up in, in a religion where you had to memorize these prayers and recite them, you know, in these liturgical type manners and in, in, in this service. And, and that's not what the Bible teaches us to, to do. And and so it's almost like some people grew up with, with these prayers that they had to memorize and they recite them like the Pledge of Allegiance in church. And, 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 and I, I, that's just not, I think, the nature of what we want to see and, and what God teaches us to. But, but, but listen, you don't need to know any special words. You don't need to memorize any prayers. God isn't judging your prayer skills like in, in that way. So we don't come to God in this, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm... I'm, 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 you know, God, please just kind of, you know, hear me today. It's like, no, he just wants us to be honest with him and, and have a conversation with him, right? And so how do we do that? Prayer is talking and listening to God. You might say, well, what's the benefit of this? If I jump into this and I make this a habit in my life over the next 21 days, what are some of the things that might happen? Here are a few benefits. First of all, prayer is essential to knowing God. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, it begins with a conversation. It starts with you saying, Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. That's a, that's a prayer that we say to Jesus to save us. And so it's how we know him first and foremost. I love Colossians 1.9. Paul says, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. He's praying for the church And and the prayer that he is asking God to do is to fill you with knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so prayer gives us knowledge of God's will. Prayer gives us spiritual wisdom. Prayer gives us understanding so that we can know God. 
so that we can know what God's will is, so that we can know what God's purpose is in our lives, so that we can know the knowledge and wisdom and spiritual wisdom of how to live our life. And so prayer is essential to knowing God. Secondly, prayer overcomes anxiety and fear. Every single one of us deal with fear and anxiety um, on some level, right? I know it's kind of a buzzword in our culture today since, since COVID and, and all of that, but it is a real thing. It's always been a real thing. But what do we do to overcome that worry and that anxiety? Well, this is a familiar verse to you. You knew this was coming. Philippians 4 says, do not be anxious about anything, but instead you might say, pray first. Instead of anxiety, pray first. If you wanna worry and you wanna think about all the what ifs and all the ways in which you know, life is gonna be terrible and how nothing's gonna work out for you, fine. But before you go there, Pray about it first and see what happens, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, right? Supplication means we're asking God to supply our needs. So with prayer and asking God to supply our needs, with thanksgiving, be thankful as we pray. Let your requests be made known to God. Let, Let God know what your requests are. And when you pray first, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we pray first, that's when peace comes. If you aren't experiencing peace in your heart today, then I would say this verse is for you. The steps to peace in your life begin with prayer. And each of us need to hear this. Uh, The song that's on the EP, it's an old song that we redid called Place of Peace is a song that's near and dear to my heart. I love it, but it's all about the idea that we are replacing anxiety and fear and worry, right? With prayer, we're going through a hard situation. We, we, we take our requests to God. And so the, the, the lyrics say, take me there to the place of peace. I lose control when I'm on my knees. So I lose control. Why, why is that a, a, a thing? Because when, when I'm not in prayer, I'm not on my knees praying and talking to God. The anxiety and the worry and the stress that I'm going through, I'm trying to control. So if I'm not a prayerful individual, if you're, if you're not praying consistently, then I would say that you're trying to control your life in your own way. And so when we try to control situations, then, then we, we, we see that they're out of control we see what's happening, there's fear. We try to control the situation and when we are controlling the situation, it leads to anxiety. So the the antidote for that scripturally is that we get on our knees and when I'm on my knees, I am essentially saying, God, I am losing control and I'm recognizing that you are in control. And when we begin to do that, then the peace of God comes into our, 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 our heart, our spirit, and we recognize and we put our control away, and we recognize that God is in control, right? So prayer overcomes fear. It overcomes anxiety. Next, prayer reveals God's purpose for your life. So how do we know God's will and purpose for our life? Well, we, we, we talk to him about it. Some people say, well, you just got to believe in yourself and just trust your gut, right? 
You just got to believe in yourself. Be who you are. It's terrible advice. Who I am is a very selfish individual. I don't want to be myself. Myself only thinks about myself. And so I don't want that. I want to be who God wants me to be. And when I pray, here's the, here's the thing that happens. God reveals who I am. He reveals my sin and he reveals his love. He begins to reveal my giftedness. He reveals to me the ways in which I can serve him better. And so as I, as I, as I dive into prayer, as I talk to God, as I'm in his word, I can then understand his purpose and will for my life. You want to you want to know if you should take this job or move to this house or do this, you know, and then people think, okay, maybe a five minute prayer, God will answer that. Well, the reality is if you've been praying for 21 days about a situation, then you most likely have more understanding of God's will in your life than if it's the five second prayer before a big decision. It it takes time for God to reveal that to us. And I think prayer is vital in that because God is calling you to do things that you can't do on your own. And so we need him to reveal that. Um, our effort isn't enough. Only he can provide. And then finally, here's what I love. God answers prayer. <laughs> God answers prayer. I cannot tell you how many prayers God has answered over the course of my life and ministry, even at this church, even in this, this past year. When I think about the, the, the prayers that God has answered in our church, it's overwhelming. And I can tell you time and time again about how God has, has met with us and answered prayers that, that, that we've given to him. I, I can tell you about how couples who were told that they were never going to have a, a baby, that they weren't able to uh, get pregnant. And, and, and then we prayed and we prayed. And, and uh, I know at least two families that well, one family, um, God gave them twins and another child, they've got they three kids now. Another family told they couldn't have kids. They adopted two kids. And then God gave them two, two biological kids later. It's like God has answered those prayers. I can tell you about um, one marriage that was on, on the verge of, of, of divorce. And I'm not on the verge of divorce isn't fair. Uh, papers were, were given. All that was needed was signatures. Um, the wife continued to pray and pray and pray for her husband. And, and, and then at the last moment, he decided to come to church here. And on that day, God saved him and changed his life. And for the last seven, eight years, not only are they together, but they serve in this church every week. And that's an answered prayer. That's God moving. I, I, I can tell you, God answers prayer. And I'm 100% in belief of that uh, the Bible gives us uh, several, several examples of, of how this is true. In Mark 11, Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. In James 4, it says, you do not have because you do not ask God. In James 5, it says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, right? So we see this all throughout scripture that God answers prayer. And so I can talk to you about personal experience. And so we pray because it's essential to truly know God's will. It overcomes fear and anxiety. It allows us to understand God's purpose for our life. And God answers prayer. That's, that's why, uh, just a few reasons why we pray. So how do we have a pray first mindset though? In Matthew chapter six, 
we're going to see a few points today that I think will encourage you and help you. Here are the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 5 through 7. Jesus says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. They, they love to be seen as if they were religious people, right? So they wanted everybody to see them pray because they wanted everybody to think they were so good. But he says, don't be like that, that they may be, they may be seen <clears throat> by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Uh, A few points here that I think are important. The first one is this. When you and I, when we make God a priority, uh, when we make God a priority, when prayer is a priority. And so in verse five, he says, when you pray. In other words, Jesus assumes that you and I are gonna pray. And so we make God a priority when prayer is a priority, when you pray. The assumption is you and I are gonna pray. Obviously, we have an opportunity to pray, so we will pray. Prayer isn't um, the last resort. It's not the last thing that we turn to. It should be the first thing that we, we, we go to God with. Right? It should be a prayer for first mentality. Our, our view of prayer should be that it's our greatest opportunity to deepen our relationship with God because the goal of prayer is not religion, it's relationship. And so we are developing our relationship with God as we communicate with him. It's connecting with God. And so a pray first mentality means that you and I are are mindful of God all the time. We're not just mindful of God on Sunday morning, but we're mindful of God all throughout the day, his purpose, his spirit working in us. And so we we don't want prayer to turn into a task that we just have to do on Sunday. We don't want it to be a box that we check No, we want this to be about a relationship. And so 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. How do we do this? How do we pray without ceasing? What does that even mean? Well, it's a pray first mentality. If I have this mentality, then God is on my mind and I'm, I'm talking to him all throughout the day, every chance I get. Sometimes it's a one sentence prayer. Before I come out here to preach every Sunday, I've prayed about this message all week, but Before I come out, it's a one sentence prayer. God, use this message to bless our people, right? And and, and so a pray first mentality is instead of worry, instead of jumping, your your response is jumping to fighting, arguing, you know, worrying, all the things that you would pray first. And so before you have an intense conversation with your spouse, pray first. Before you go into the meeting that you're about to have, pray first. Pray first. Before church on Sunday morning, pray first. Before your day begins, pray first, right? In every situation that you can think of, before you leave today, pray first. Before you eat, pray first, right? I, I, I see less and less people praying in public. I don't know if, that's, if you've noticed that, but I used to see people praying before they eat all the time, but not, not so much anymore. We should pray first. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute prayer. But, but, it, but it can be a few sentences there where we, we pray first and, and give glory to God for the meal that he's given to us. Before kids go to school in the morning, pray first. Make prayer 
your first response, not your last. Obviously, you can pray anywhere, right? Um, you don't even have to close your eyes when you pray. I learned this when I was five years old, true story. My, one of my good friends in, in kindergarten, his mom got in a bicycle accident, and I remember him crying one, one day at school because his mom was hurt. Well, not long after that, my mom and I were riding our bicycle in the country on this back road, you know, and it, it reminded me about my friend's mom, and so I decided that I was going to pray for my mom. I just happened to be on a downhill slope, and I didn't understand the whole eyes thing, and I closed my eyes. I prayed for my mom. Isn't that so sweet? I mean, come on. That's a sweet thing. And when I opened them, I, I was in a ditch, <laughs> and my pinky um, fingernail was popped off, and I was bleeding. And, and I learned that day that you don't have to close your eyes when you pray. <clears throat> and so I encourage you, young people, just pray. Any, any moment, in time, throughout your day, we pray. Begin each day with prayer. In fact, Jesus demonstrated that. Often in scripture, we see him getting up early in the morning before the sun came up uh, to pray and be alone, to be with his heavenly father. So there's this mentality that pray first is, you know, before the meeting, before school, before we eat, these are one or two or three sentence prayers all throughout the day, pray without ceasing. But then there's also this mentality, I think that's taught in scripture and here in Matthew 6, that every day, uh, should involve a time where we get away from distractions and we intentionally pray and we spend time with God. And so he says it like this in verse six. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And so I think the principle for us is that each day there should be a time and a place that you pray. Every single day, call it a devotion, call it your quiet time, but every single day, and, and I think it, it, it's a good idea to start your day with this, but maybe you get up super early and work or whatever, make it at noon or at lunch or make it after you put the kids to bed at night. Whatever it is for you, determine a time and a place that you're gonna have an appointment with God. Put it on your calendar, literally put it on your phone and get the 15 minute alert every single day to remind you, and, and, and when you calendar it, and when you know this is the time that I'm gonna give to God, you know when you miss it, so you can hold yourself accountable to that. But it becomes this, this place that, that you have created where you're getting away from distractions. Maybe it's your bedroom, maybe it's your office, maybe it's your car, maybe you're walking out you know, into the backyard on the back porch, there's a place. The place isn't holier, the time isn't holier, the time and place is not for God. The time and place is for you. It's for you to develop a habit. It's for you to make prayer a priority and to put it first in your life. It's, it's to put God first in your life. So decide when the best time for you is going to be. If you played sports, your coach said, hey, practice is at this time. And if you weren't there, you know, you didn't, you didn't play. You didn't get in the game. Matter of fact, you probably wouldn't be on the team if you didn't show up for practice. There was a time and a place for practice. And this is kind of the same mentality for you and I. If we want to grow, if we want to connect to God, then we want a time and a place. The reason is because there are so many distractions going on in our life that we want to get away, go into our room, 
go into a space that is free of these distractions so that we can focus on the Lord. John Wesley, a great 18th century evangelist, once said that his mom used an apron as her prayer shawl. <clears throat> now, Jews at the time of Jesus, they, they would wear, um, really, it's, it's almost like a blanket that they would wear over their shoulders. It, it was a, called a tallit. And it was essentially a, 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 pl- a prayer cloak. And so they would take the corners of that blanket and they would put it up over their face. And, and that was a way for them to kind of d- be distraction-free when they prayed. They would either pray in the synagogue or they would pray in what became known as their prayer closet. And so John Wesley's mom learned about that and she used her apron to be her prayer closet to help her, you know, get rid of all the distractions that would be her ninth children. Yes, 19 children. What is happening in that home? I don't want to know. But she, even in the midst of all of that chaos, found a time and a place to be with God. And so we, we pray and we create a time and a place in our life to meet with God. Thirdly, we pray with sincerity. So in verse 7, he says, don't heap up empty phrases. Don't heap up empty phrases. Now, this, this doesn't, we shouldn't get self-conscious about our prayer life and think, oh, well, we're not doing it right. We said the wrong thing. It's not that, but, but Jesus wants us to pray with sincerity. And sometimes we just say phrases uh, because we're, we're not being sincere. And so you've heard people pray for a hedge of protection. How many of you have ever heard of that prayer for the hedge of protection? I don't, I I didn't know what that was for years until I learned about what the hedge was. And you're, you're telling me, you know, you want shrubbery to protect you? <laughs> like, I don't want shrubs. God, I want an iron 10-foot gate of protection. That's what I want. Um, but anyway, that's a phrase that we use. My favorite one, you know this is coming. This is my favorite one. Lord, bless this food to what? The nourishment of our bodies, Lord. Lord Jesus. We want to pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless this food as we sit down to this pizza buffet. God, make the pepperoni and the cheese. Reduce my cholesterol in the name of Jesus. Oh, you've heard it. My favorite are the passive-aggressive prayers that husbands and wives get into. You ever been there? It's like your wife, Lord Jesus, Please be with my husband. He needs help. God, he needs to lose weight. Lord, just help him. God, just help him with his anger and yelling at me and the kids. God, I pray that you would just anoint him with patience, Lord Jesus. And the husband's like, let me pray for a minute. God, I'd probably lose some weight, Lord Jesus, if my wife would cook and I wouldn't have to bless God, eat Chick-fil-A every day and you know, so the passive aggressive prayers are not so good. The empty phrases, you know, not so good. We want to we wanna avoid some of that. And, and Jesus' point is he just wants us to be sincere. He wants us to talk like we are normal. He wants us to talk like we have a close relationship with him. And I think that's the struggle. Maybe we don't have a close relationship with our earthly father. We don't know how to talk to him there's a struggle with that, and that kind of gets in the way of, of, of talking to our Heavenly Father. 
But at the end of the day, we, we realize that he knows everything about us. And so it's just a sincere conversation. Where are you at? What are you thinking? What are you doing right in this moment? God, this is what I need, right? And so we talk to him in everyday normal language. And I like to use a prayer guide. In this series, we'll give you a couple different uh, prayer guides. And, and one of them I've taught you before, but I wanted to give it again, if, just in case you forgot. But this, this model that we just call ACTS, A-C-T-S, easy for us to memorize, but ACTS. And so the model for prayer so that we can be sincere, not just, you know, not know what to say, starts with adoration. So my prayer life is, God, I, I want to spend a moment adoring him. So I adore him. God, I praise you. I love you for who you are and what you've done in my life. God, you are good. God, you are my supplier. God, you are holy. God, I trust you. So we are adoring him as we begin our prayer. Then we move into confession. So the known sin in our life, we would say, God, forgive me for doing this and for thinking this and for, for, for you know, speaking inappropriately to this person or whatever it is, the known sin that we have, we confess to him. I say known sin because there's a million unknown sin that you're committing right now that you don't even know about. God hasn't even revealed that to you. That's how sinful we are. So we confess our known sin. And then we thank God. We thank God for our salvation. God, I thank you for my family, for my church. Thank you for allowing me to, to, to meet with you, to hear from me. And so we just have a moment to thank him. And, and then we get into supplication. That's when we are asking him to supply our need. God, I need you financially. God, I, I need you to uh, save this person. God, speak to this person. And so we, we use that as a model. And you can use that model and that model can be, you know, one minute or it can be an hour or longer. The thing about prayer in the scripture is God never says, thou shalt pray for 10 minutes a day to be holy. He doesn't say that. He says, pray without ceasing. That means as much as you can do it, you ought to do it because it's going to bless you. It's going to change your life. So he calls us to prayer. If your prayer life is, is, is getting boring or it's, it's kind of... In, in, in a rut right now, mix things up, go to a different place, use a devotion, use our 21-day prayer guide and, and, and devotion. Mix that up so that you don't talk about the same things or, or, or you don't feel like you're just saying the same thing the same way. I, I like to create a, a prayer calendar. And so for every single month, for the entire month, every single day has something different in it. One day we'll have my staff in it. One day we'll have my family in it. One day we'll have my extended family. One day we'll have uh, your needs and some of the needs happening in our church. Every single day is different. Why? Because I don't want to just pray for myself or for the people close to me. I want, I want to spend time asking God to do bigger and, and, and even more things and just for me. And what that does when I, when I have that prayer guide is I'm not just praying for me and I'm praying for different things every day. And by the end of the month, I've prayed for several, several needs and people. I encourage you to create a prayer calendar to um, take your prayer life to a deeper level. You might find it helpful to pray scripture. And so when you pray the scripture, you begin to pray about things that you never thought about. Just read one of the Psalms, read the entire Psalms. And, 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 and as you read that, pray what you are reading. Read the book of Proverbs. You will, you will pray some things that you need and you never even thought of. And so that that helps us connect with God and helps us have verbiage to get closer to God and, and, and pray with God. Jesus closes this section in verse eight, and he says, your father knows what you need before you ask. 
So this is kind of a transforming kind of like verse for me. Because a lot of people see this and they go, well, if, if, if God knows what I want, why, why do I even pray? He's just gonna give me what I want. And, but that's not necessarily true, is it? I mean, if your kids ask you for something, you know, you, you might give that to them. Sometimes if they ask you for, I don't know, let's just say a, a machete and they're, you know, five years old, you're not gonna give that to a five-year-old, are you? You're like, no, nah, that's, that's probably not a good idea, right? In the same way, God's gonna relate to us. We might ask him for something, but he knows what we need. So he's not going to respond the, the way that we necessarily ask for that. And so we pray in, in, in that prayer, according to your will, God, we, we trust that you're gonna provide in the way that you see fit. You're not gonna give a five-year-old a machete. God, you may not answer exactly why, because you know what I really need. And I trust you. We sang about it today. I trust in God. Like, I trust you, God. This is what I think I need and how I want you to respond and answer me. But you really know what I need. And so I trust you. You know, what every single one of us need is a relationship with Jesus. Jesus is the answer to everything that you're struggling with today. The biggest problem that you and I have is sin. And that sin separated us from God, our creator. And unless we have those sins forgiven, we cannot connect to God. We cannot have a relationship with God. And we certainly cannot go to heaven because God is not going to allow sin into heaven. So we have a strong, strong need. And that need is forgiveness. And you can't forgive yourself. I can't forgive you as a pastor. You can't earn forgiveness. There's nothing you can do for God to say, all right, good effort, I'll forgive you. No, there's nothing that we can do. And, and the only way that we can have this forgiveness is through faith in Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for your sin. He took your place. He took my sin and your sin upon himself. And he died paying for that sin. He rose from the grave proving who he said he was. And as a result of that victory, you and I can now have faith that through Jesus, our sins can be forgiven. We can defeat death. We can defeat sin through faith in him. We can have a relationship with God and heaven as our eternal home. That's our greatest need. And so some of you have never given your life to Jesus. I wanna encourage you to do that today. It is your first prayer. It is the first prayer that every single one of us needs to ask before we can deepen our prayer life. And I thought as we close today, we would close with one of the songs from the EP, but also close with the Lord's Supper. Because when we come to the Lord's Supper, we are remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The scripture tells us when we come to the Lord's Supper, it's, it's for people who have given their, put, put their faith in Jesus, given their life to Jesus. So if you've got young kids that never, have not done that in the room, this is not for them. If you've never given your life to Jesus, this is not for you. This is for believers. Why? Because it's something that we take to remember what Jesus has done for us, something that we've experienced. And so the bread represents the broken body of Jesus. The juice represents the blood that was spilled for the sins of the world. And scripture tells us that when we come to this place, we are to confess sin. We are to spend time with God in prayer. 
And so what better way to close our time together today than focusing on Jesus in prayer, confessing sin, restoring relationship with him, and dedicating to him the next 21 days. I promise you, if you give God these 21 days, you will be a different person. And I wanna encourage you to do that. And so as I pray, let's go ahead and you should have received one of these cups when you walked in. <clears throat> if you didn't, just raise your hand. Our section leaders will walk around now and, and they will uh, hook you up with what you need. I, I'm gonna pray over this. Bane is gonna come out and, and sing again. I wanna remind you, our culture at FC is we don't leave early, especially when we take the Lord's Supper. This is a holy, holy time. God gave the church two ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper, two very important things that we do, the gathered body of believers. And so as the band plays, you take a moment to just confess sin and, 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 and pray and talk to God. Use the Acts model even in this time and then take it on your own time. And through the course of this song, you can just sit and just take this in and, and, and listen and connect to God throughout this space and time. Let's pray. Father, we give you this time. Lord, connect us to you in a deeper way. Let us know your will. Let us know our purpose. Hear our prayers, God, as we ask for forgiveness, as we connect with you. Lord, we pray that you would be honored in this moment. And we pray that you would speak to us in this moment. I pray, God, that the prayers that we pray as a congregation together and individually that you would answer according to your will. God, we wanna pray and ask that this year would be different than last year because our focus is that we're gonna pray first. Instead of arguing, we're gonna pray first. Before the meeting, we're gonna pray first. Before our day even gets kicked off, we're gonna pray first and we're gonna prioritize prayer in our life. We ask God that you would honor that time, and make it a habit for each of us as we seek you, as we honor you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.